Hi there, and welcome to Connect, the weekly podcast of the California MBA featuring movers and shakers in the mortgage industry. Uh, I'm Susan Malazzo, CEO of the California MBA, and I'm very happy that you can join us today. Before we get into today's uh, podcast, I'd like to thank our Connect podcast sponsor, Incelerate. Incelerate helps lenders close more loans through better borrower engagement the mortgage industry's most innovative customer experience platform, which delivers lead management, sales enablement, engagement, a robust mortgage-specific content library, and data intelligence, all in one comprehensive and highly scalable platform. Incelerate delivers dynamic technology, strategy, and content for every channel of your business to ensure engagement throughout the customer journey whether it be your borrowers, referral partners, or any other party to the loan transaction. This dynamic enterprise solution seamlessly fits into your tech stack through their advanced API connectivity, modern design, and open architecture. Gone are the days of managing multiple and separate systems and having your data tracked and data silos. This innovative platform allows you to provide your internal and external customers timely, relevant information based on data to build repeatable outcomes at each stage of the customer's journey. Close more loans, improve borrower conversions, enhance customer retention, and transform your acquisition life cycle and create customers for life. For more information, visit Incelerate.com. And with that, I will uh, turn over to today's podcast guest. I'm happy to say a very good friend of mine, Ike Suri, CEO of Funding Shield. Hi, Ike. Hi, how are you, Susan? Good to see I'm you. I'm great, and thank you so much for being a part of our uh, our podcast series. Um, you know, Ike and I have uh, known each other for a few years now. I remember uh, when we first met, and kind of the company was uh, was kind of just still kind of getting started. Um, right. So, and you have a fascinating background. Give us a little bit of uh, on your background and how you came to start Funding Shield. Sure. Yeah, you're right. When we first met, we were just uh, stepping into the mortgage world. Uh, my background is quite uh, unorthodox compared to the other new friends I've made in the last half a dozen years in the mortgage industry. Um, born and raised in India, but started off with tech in the U.S. while going to school on the East Coast and ended up <clears throat> in a number of great opportunities at an early age, deploying technology, optimization, trading floors, and so on on Wall Street. And from there into connectivity uh, of analog, digital, and all sorts of data in different industries. At a very early age, I ended up going to Silicon Valley uh, with some great senior partners and mentors, not more than uh, three or four of them, doing a management buyout of a public listed company. And that led to a decade full of turnarounds, acquisitions, building owner-operator businesses with uh, half a dozen public listed companies that we managed to build and 50 plus acquisitions we acquired, primarily always dealing with tech that was optimizing different industries. So for example, as I said, Wall Street dealing with data, data transmission, data speed, because it, it's required for trading. Right. And then beyond that, data surveillance and data risk management, because there is a lot of theft in that as well. And this is going back to the late 80s and early 90s. Uh, and that led to the next decade where the whole country was going through this progressive uh, optimization using computers and technology and then being deployed in other industries like um, switches and routers for telecom broadcast or telecom communications with new cell phone technologies being deployed 
and using new networking products for that transmission of data that slowly went from analog to digital to combine both analog and digital. And then uh, airline ticketing for airlines, that, also, that went through optimization, part of deploying that for major airlines, or to uh, surveillance at airports, uh, or to surveillance at transit systems like uh, the Bay Area Rapid Transit System in San Francisco or distance learning around the country or remote distance learning for education or MRI imaging in hospitals. So that became a life where it always wow. kept us engaged in delivering to an industry where optimization was needed. Um, and I, I've also had experience by diversifying that, diversifying that experience into uh, taking that uh, experience and wealth created in that time into diversifying into uh, publications for magazines or animation in Hollywood in entertainment uh, to human capital as another example and in the world of human capital I ended up spending a lot of time and again uh, taking optimization away from rather um, tangible products like networking products but to human capital using knowledge and that led to a decade or two off dealing with financial institutions around the world helping deliver talent that requires embodiment of everything, uh, having <clears throat> core uh, technological talent that the bankers would require to lead banks that money never sleeps and different, and money is in, tied into every industry. So uh, banks cover healthcare, banks cover tech, bank covers fixed income, currencies, commodities, interest rates. And when you deal with that, you end up in a, in a world where um, you're not just dealing with optimization of a product, a tangible thing, but knowledge. Uh, so my experience led to that. <clears throat> a few years ago, I went back to the world of uh, uh, making investments and set up a family office, Pelican Point Investment Group. In that zone, we were looking at a number of industries and uh, investments. And uh, a company like Funding Shield, with its its predecessor name, ClosingProtectionLetter.com, was brought to our attention to have a look. It had a client. Uh, one of the largest private equity firms in the world that had been a client of this company back in 2000 was looking to reignite services. Unfortunately, this particular company had gone through uh, some challenges as the world had gone through in 2008 with global recession. Mm -hmm. and it had lost all its clients. There were the biggest banks at that time, like Bear, Levin, Wachovia, Countrywide, I can name them, and right. regulation changed. And when they knocked on the door for this company saying, can we reignite the services with a little bit of a change with regulations? It was an opportunity to look at it. Unfortunately, the company had suffered and needed new blood, new leadership, new vision, new uh, enthusiasm, and quite a bit of a weight. Um, and we decided to pick it up by basically saying, we see the connect. It needs the industry's archaic. It needs uh, digitization. Regulations have changed. It needs new energy, blood, leadership, vision, and a strategy as to where it will be meaningful, at what timeline as this industry goes through digitization. We saw, so it's very quickly, myself and my team, as you know, Adam, we bought out all the uh, shareholders at that time and put our hats together to very quickly look at, well, the first growth is going to be in aggregation of data and, and dealing with origination systems. And our peers like Blend, Roostify, and others have done extremely well. And we saw lenders uh, you know, compete in a very good format and very aggressive format where cost of origination per loan went from eight, nine hundred bucks to nine thousand now. Right. And 
we when we looked at it, we saw where's the biggest pain points in this industry. We found them to be in the middleware where compliance regulations, the burden was being ignored. So we focused in on that, and that became the precipice of like putting together a company like Funding Shield, and here we are. Right. That is, you've got such a uh, um, such a diverse background, and gosh, you know, kind of you know came to you and Adam at a time when you and I, you know, you're kind of just entering a market where that you know that wire fraud protections really i mean that's so prevalent now Cybersecurity is so prevalent now i mean it's such a um yes. such an incredible and powerful tool and um it's yes. been it's been a pleasure to watch the uh wild success of funding shield um so with that i will note you've received several awards recognizing the outstanding performance of you and your company including Housing Wire 2021 Vanguard Award, an Inc. 5000 fastest growing private companies um, recognition. So what do you think Spending Shield's kind of secret sauce that led you to all this big success? <laughs> uh, I think, you know, it's, it's, uh, it takes a village. Uh, I, I'm lucky to represent a fabulous team that we've been able to put together. Everybody's talent and background has been very cohesive, collaborative, coordinated, with a vision. You know, vision without execution is no good, and execution without no vision or direction is no good. We found a healthy balance in uh, the personality of folks that we put together. We, we try and lead by example. One of the advantages of being, it's a double-edged sword being a FinTech, especially when you're moving so fast. So one of the advantages is that you're nimble, you're small, you're able to very quickly put your arms around things that you wanna do. The other disadvantage is that you find yourself in a place where scalability can become an issue where you're too small to move fast. Right. So we've enjoyed a, a an industry where digitization and embracing technology has come in a timely fashion where we were prepared ahead of time to absorb that growth. Uh, case in point being last year, it, it was not an easy road for us. We spent three, four years off selling a product in a market where vendors did not want to, uh, clients did not want another vendor. Clients did not want to add another cost to their process. It's a very competitive market, the mortgage business, and margins are always volatile. Interest rates, politics, war, weather, there's so many different things that affect that business, and it's one of the largest GDP contributors to our industry, in our country. So it was a hard road for three to four years where we suffered losses. We spent a lot of time, energy, equity, sweat, blood into pounding the pavements, showing up in places where we didn't know folks, getting them to open up their books to share their pain points, and working with our efforts to resolve those issues and wait until we'll get revenues. So we suffered a lot of uh, time in investing in those ways. And when the time came, we designed ourselves to be plug and play, malleable, scalable, so that folks are not afraid to embrace a product where they say, I'll be tied in and I don't know what's gonna happen with this product. Because many times in the past, technology fa failed a lot of the efforts in this industry. And with that said, I think we, we've built a vision, executed upon a strategy where we maintained our stamina to be sustainable. And today, as you pointed out earlier, uh, to a degree, I call that success is a relative term. We find ourselves in a nice uh, zone where we are debt-free, cash flow positive, building a business, 
have built a decent notoriety and a leadership position in the space. And uh, we take pride in it. I love that. Vision and execution, right? That's what you need, the best combination. Yes. When you sure. haven't met Ike, sir, you can't say no to him. So, I mean, he's like the smartest, nicest guy you want to meet. So, I'm like, I think that easy to do business with you. Um, so, gosh, you know, technology in the mortgage space is that's on everybody's mind. Um, you know, we've got our big mortgage innovators conference coming up uh, next spring. Love those. And you and I just came back from the MBA convention where I think we both noted that the vast majority of the um, exhibit hall was yep. filled with tech companies. Yes. So what do you what do you think is the next big thing in technology in the mortgage space? I think everybody's in the middle of it. Um, it, because it's such a complex business, unlike any other country in the world where real estate laws are not as complex, um, and <clears throat> we find ourselves, it takes a village, like I said earlier. So from lenders to banks to regulators to state-based laws, uh, stitching up for the e-closing effort that's going on is inching and inching closer and closer to what is the dream of one-click mortgage, an Amazon version of buying a house? Mm -hmm. It would take time to get there, but at a high level, the common denominator in all of this, as, 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 as uh, layman's terms I can use to describe, would be um, every step is gonna work towards making this a commodity. Every little workflow that's being automated will end up being part of a cycle as we're all imagining. And so once it becomes a commoditized information and a flow of transaction, then at that moment in time, it would just be um, goal achieved, meaning one click and you've managed to get the whole transaction done. But in order for that to happen, everybody's working towards for it to become one. And I think the underlying statement there, what I meant to say was uh, technology solution will become a commodity, meaning it, it's your utility. It's you're gonna click and have it. What's the next best thing? I think we're in the middle of it, connecting everybody together. You know, all this chat about blockchain will allow us to, again, another ingredient, will allow us to become a centralized repository, a ledger where all verified records and transactions are in one place that people don't have to run for archaic records and figure out what happened where and when. That can only happen when there's one repository and a blockchain setup, but it cannot work by itself People have to feed into it. People have to use it. People have to vet things before they send into blockchain. So we've spent quite a bit of time with uh, those firms over the last two, three years. And all of this to happen, the next big thing in technologies, we're in the middle of it. We need to make sure connectivity happens. I think there's a dialogue about, you know, recently, and I don't mean to go off tangent, where the country is talking about <clears throat> face, Facebook and social media and so on. And it was, it was, a, it was an interesting chat I had with some youngsters where it was about, <clears throat> how good it has been, everybody's ignoring. It connected everybody in the world, free information, free access. It had great influence and great impact, but unintended consequences are what we're dealing with today and we're trying to fix those with the politics involved and how it affects teenagers. And I use that analogy with, it, this is nothing, nothing new. It happened with tobacco and alcohol in this country where people started dying and very quickly uh, enforcement and regulations had to come in and protect with, against the unintended consequences. And the same thing is happening with social media today, where people are coming around to put together an 
a solution where nothing triggers unintended consequences. So housing industry, which is beyond the mortgage tech, housing industry is dealing with all those. I think the next thing you'll be asking me about is diversity, equality, and inclusivity. Is also dealing with those systemic issues of the past. Technology and mortgage industry is going to accelerate us so fast, so forward, that as we are using AI and as we are using unbiased technologies to deliver things faster, we can trigger unintended consequences of these things. How you avoid them is going to be the next challenge. Making sure that these new workflows of AI, machine learning, are eliminating the systemic problems of the past of unintended consequences that can lead to redlining and, and inequality and, and diversity. So I'm sorry, I took a couple of steps back to just cover the bigger picture, but hopefully that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And that, uh, and, you know, that, that all does tie together. And uh, you're right. I mean, just the acceleration of technology in the mortgage space has been, um, it's been an interesting for me to watch from this position, uh, uh, and um, I think you're I think you're right as we as we move on move through and talk about AI and that decision making process. So so you brought up uh, our DEI committee, and as you know, this year the California MBA started our first diversity equity yeah. and inclusion committee. We're getting awesome. some great things, thanks to Patricia from Funding Shield being a big part of that um, of that committee's successes. She's um, such a good representative for that space. Uh, we love Patricia. Yeah. So how do you feel your company's benefited from, um, you know, your company's diversity has benefited your bottom line and your corporate culture? Because I know Fun Fridays, I remember hearing about at Funding Shield. Fun <laughs> Fridays, Funding Shield. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, I think it's very important. I mean, the new world we live in today, America's been going woke for the last few years. The new world we live in today and this connectivity we just talked about has brought everybody together. And challenges like COVID and WFH bring people even closer than before. And to embrace that is one of the best things one can do. Uh, and America's done it all along since its foundation. So yes, every now and then you go through some challenges, which is normal, but um, it has given another reason for companies to work in a manner, in a way that you encourage, uh, just like in, you know, you're a kindergarten or school. <laughs> right. You see everybody from all sorts of walks of life, and you you uh, you're taught by your teachers, your parents, to just make the best of it. I think it's another one of those one other one of those uh, uh, avenues in this day and age in work in work environment to just continue to do what we were taught to from the beginning. It's really helped us a lot because you see, folks, every culture brings something good to the table, from Fun Fridays to <laughs> Call it whatever you want. There's in a week. There's something or the other happening in one of the other cultures or one of the other sects of you know religious backgrounds that you can participate, learn more, enjoy, and feed positivity into an environment that is just coming out of pandemic. Right. So it's a lot, and I could go on and on, but I think you get the high high level of my uh, enthusiasm when it comes to that. Yeah, it's fantastic. And thank you for being a trailblazer on uh, and showing how, you know, diversity uh, really does make a, a rich corporate culture at uh, any of our member companies and, and uh, for sharing information about Funding Shield and how you've done it so that we can help educate some other people in our in our um, in our membership. Yeah. But earlier on our conversation, you talked a little bit about mentors and, and mentorship. How um, do you have any mentors? You know, I, I do, and and um, 
I choose not to name them because they're the modest kind. And um, but I was very fortunate as a you know 19 year old in the country getting working and everybody has mentors and if they don't they're just um, ignoring where they need to give credit. It could be your older cousins, it could be your own siblings, it could be your teachers or older classmates in school or the first boss you had. Um, so with that said, I think um, there's it, it always something to be given back and giving back uh, is very gratifying and it doesn't have to be material. It could be also immaterial and just whenever someone needs advice or suggestion or even an introduction. So, um, and that's been very meaningful um, to me. I, I was invited to um, become part of a organization called TIE, T-I-E dot org. It's one of the largest uh, mentorship and giving back kind of a think tank in the world. It was, uh, it's in Silicon Valley. I was one of the founding charter members for them in Orange County. Few other relationships here locally had invited us in, and it's very diligent in putting together seminars a couple of times a month, in encouraging young entrepreneurs, helping them with ideas, business plans, and giving back suggestions and your own experiences to help them make progress. Uh, so that's one of the things uh, we've I've been personally been doing. We've been incorporated that into our business as well, giving back. So. Growing up in India, a country with vast extremes, and now extremes are everywhere when we've got homeless here in Los Angeles and San Francisco. It was part of our curriculum to go and teach blind students twice, thrice a week for a few hours. I did that for seven years. It was, I was not the only one. Our schooling system was such. So you're disciplined in a way to find ways to where you can contribute. And uh, I continue today to provide for blind students in Delhi and in India uh, through our firm. Uh, while I was running my last human capital firm, we were invited by our peers and clients and business partners like Credit Suisse, Goldman Sachs, Barclays and others to participate in giving back in organizations like Pratham, which is one of the largest organizations in the world. It's an NGO out of India, where again, on a global basis, it provides funds for children that can use it for education. It was started with UNICEF at one time. That's another one. Um, and then other, other um, Elements that as you grow older and you see your loved ones uh, deal with health issues, we've also participated in giving back. Another one dear to us is Crohn's and colitis. Uh, my wife's been uh, chronically ill with Crohn's and colitis for 15 years. So we've been very good, strong supporters to help create awareness and raise funds and do those walks in Orange County or LA for the last 15 years. Um, and so there's a couple others, but those are the ones that are meaningful. It brings everybody together. Who's not going to get sick in their life? Who's not going to get old? Right. So meaningful things that allow you to, you know, I guess the underlying statement here with the question, I know you may want to lead there, but I'll maybe I'll trip you on this, is uh, housing industry is a very people business. And what is not people business in our life? Right. And at the end of the day, if um, a business is slightly more inclined towards people because it's your house, your family, your health, your roof, your dining table, and health is going to be underlying that. So there's another way to connect with everybody because you are more empathetic, more uh, within the troops. Absolutely. Yeah. I, you know, thank you for sharing all that. It's an inspiration to hear someone that's had, you know, your level of success over, you know, over many years and many uh, industries uh, 
prioritize giving back to so many um, that that need that, and not only giving back to you know to to charities, but but giving through your mentorship and your expertise and helping these young entrepreneurs uh, you know achieve their goals and their career. So that's an inspiration. Thank you for for sharing that. Um, you know, I'll I'll end with uh, what I think is going to be an easy one, but. Uh, You've been a big supporter of the California MBA, and we, of course, are, are very grateful for that. What would you tell another mortgage industry professional as to what the, the value of the association is? If they're not a member, they should be on it right off the bat. I think CMBA is one of the best institutions in this space, in the country, it represents California really well. Most of the cutting edge, big, small, and coming up new one, upcoming new ones, uh, companies and lenders and different organizations and vendors are here in this state. Uh, we, it's a progressive state. It, it, uh, it makes good decisions, it presents really well. Susan and your team, Susan and your team has done extremely well. When we first got to know each other and we, we were invited to come be present at MIC, it was the first event of its kind that was like ahead of the, ahead of the uh, country. We had to reach out to other, other friends in other states and say, you should be joining California State. Forget the other state that you're in. You learn what you could be doing over there. And then the, the, the camaraderie that you've built and the folks that contribute on your board and, and the advisory and that are behind it are very meaningful. The representation in politics, representation at the Senate level or at the Congressman level, and the topics are not easy. And then over the last few years, the content, the the uh, venues, the participation, the leadership, it's been phenomenal. We've enjoyed it, every bit of it, and we're very strong supporters of it. Well, thank you. We, uh, I greatly appreciate that. Thank you so much. And, and uh, you know, again, thanks to Funding Shield for all the support that you give us throughout the year. And, uh, and I thank you for being a guest on Connect Podcast. This was fun. I'm glad that this worked out. Uh, thanks for inviting me. Thanks all of you for joining us today. Uh, to access all of our Connect podcast episodes, you can follow us on our YouTube channel. We're also available on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. We'll be back next week with another episode of Connect. Have a great day. Here we go.